Ed Thorpe is one of these crazy smart people that is endorsed by other crazy smart people. So uh, he, he was giving, uh, in this talk, he's giving, he's promoting his book, A Man of All, for All Markets. And this book has been um, recommended to read by like Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, Nassim Taleb. And so let me just go ahead and jump into the notes I took from the interview. First off, he's, he was asked a question like, why did you write this book? And then the full title of the book is A Man for All Markets, From Las Vegas to Wall Street, How I Beat the Dealer and the Market. And he says, the way I think about things is somewhat different from, than almost everybody that I meet. And that has been very helpful to me. Maybe I can get that across in this book that motivated me to tell my story and hopefully do some good for other people. So he talk, gives, a, gives us a little background into his life. He says, I was born in Chicago during the Great Depression. As a kid, I went to a bad school. I was interested in science, math, physics, astronomy, electronics, and so on. So I started teaching myself. And I think, of course, I talked about this a number of times on this podcast and then Founders and in, in my notes is that, um, you know, if you don't learn the ability to teach yourself things, uh, you're vastly limited and you're going to be outperformed by other people that can. Like this is a meta skill that everybody has to accomplish, right? Whatever you might be interested in. And the good thing is humans are like our main or I would say the main skill of humanity of our species is that we're perfectly adaptable. And so we can fit into all kind of different environments and as, as such that tells you that our species is capable of learning. Uh, so he says, uh, when did you know that you were smarter than other people? His, his, in, in the book, it's uh, in the, the forward to the book, uh, it's written by Nassim Taleb. He says that he, he's pretty sure Ed Thorpe's the, the only humble traitor on, uh, on planet Earth. And you'll see that here. He says, I don't think of myself or other people that way. Everybody's good at something. Any, any person knows something that some other person doesn't know. And if you've been listening to all the Founders podcasts I've been doing the last few weeks, like that's something that comes up over and over again is this, this idea of identifying your circle of competence and then staying within it. And that's what Ed, Ed is kind of echoing that. He's like, everybody's good at something. You just got to find out what that is. All right, so he says, you perfected counting cards in blackjack. It is now very common because you wrote the best-selling book, Beat the Deal. Uh, the name of the book is Beat the Dealer, Winning Strategy for ga the Game of 21. It's actually published back, way back in, I think, like 1967. So he said, why? Like, why did you write the book? He says, mathematicians have spent a couple hundred years developing probability theory. With that theory, they showed almost no gambling game could be beaten. I thought it was a math problem worth telling people to answer to. That's how I got into it. Uh, now he's talking about Las Vegas back when he was playing blackjack and trying to beat roulette, vastly different from, you know, the, the, the large corporation controlled Vegas of today. He says, when I was doing most of my playing, Las Vegas was mobbed up. People were being beat up, kicked out, cheated, drinks drugged. I had my drink drug. They rigged the brakes on my car. I couldn't stop the car with the brakes. I put on the emergency brake, shifted down and turned off the key. I got the message. So that's when he's like, all right, I'm going to, if I continue on this path, they're going to kill me. So then he starts to study stock market. Um, so he says, uh, how did you go from Las Vegas to Wall Street? He says, for the first time in my life, I had some savings. I made some investments and they did terribly. I was an idiot. I had to think about, the, I had to think about this if I didn't want to lose money. So I started educating myself about investing. I realized the lessons from gambling was a better training ground for understanding how to be a good investor. That seems surprising since investing is, supposed, is supposedly so complicated. But you learn discipline. You learn money management and you learn to compute with numbers and probabilities. Uh, so Ed is, uh, he's widely thought of as like the first quant creating the first quantitative hedge fund, right? Which is now very popular on Wall Street. And he, he talks about this book. He recommends this book by this guy named Paul Wilmont. Uh, the book is called The Money Formula, a dodge, uh, dodgy finance pseudoscience and how mathematicians took over the markets. 
And he says, Paul said it best. What happened was once, talking about now, what happened was once the quantitative revolution got started on Wall Street, a lot of people with mathematical training, but not a lot of street smart sense, began using models and formulas that didn't have good thinking behind them. And he gave the example of, uh, we saw this in 2007 to 2009. He talked about collateral, collateralized mortgage obligations. And I linked to the Wikipedia page if you want to learn more about that. Uh, so he's, he, Ed was teaching because he, he was he thought his whole life was going to be an academic. He didn't expect to become fabulously wealthy and become one of the best investors of all time. Um, so before that, though, he was teaching at UC Irvine, and one of the deans, this guy named Ralph Gerard, the dean of the graduate school, was an investor in Buffett Part- Partners Limited. And remember, this is back in the '60s. This is before Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, Buffett Partners Limited was shutting down around 1968, and Gerard wanted another place to put his money. He invited me to dinner with Warren Buffett. And we hit it off. Buffett asked me a bunch of questions and I answered. Gerard's decided to invest with me. And he was asked the question, well, is Buffett, is Warren Buffett really a bright guy? I mean, it's kind of a silly question, right? But his answer is interesting. He said, yes, he is very smart. Much smarter than you would imagine. He talks a mile a minute. He is clever. He has good math skills. He's comfortable in numbers. And he can do a lot of computing in his head. Uh, one, so the, the reason I've been so enthusiastic about recommending A Man for Our Markets, Ed Thorpe's book, I did a podcast on it this week. Uh, it's available in your podcast players now. But uh, the book blew my freaking mind. Um, he's just had an insane life story. Uh, he's interacted with all these other really famous and, and interesting people like Warren Buffett, Claude Shannon, the founder of information theory. Uh, he winds up meeting and talking to, to Richard Feynman at a party. Um, it's just, he, he's got a, a crazy, crazy life. And one of the crazy things that happened to him is he discovered the fraud of Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme, like 20, almost 20 years before uh, it became public. So he says, what was your encounter with Bernie Madoff? He says, back in 1991, I was asked by a big international consulting firm to look at their portfolio. They had money with Madoff. When I saw it, I said, what this guy's doing should only produce returns that are about the stock market. When the market is up, he should be up. When the market is down, he should be down, but he's never down. And then I noticed there's a strange trade that would occur when the market uh, should have taken him down. So he's making a profit every single month. That's He's making up the trade, obviously. For years, I said he's either a genius or a fraud. Odds are he's a fraud. I looked at his confirmation slips and went to see if the trades actually happened. Half of them never happened. These are fake confirmation slips. I tried going to Bernie Madoff Investments, and they said they would not let me in the front door. And then he was asked by the interviewer, he's like, well, why didn't you go to the authorities? He said, Bernie Madoff had been a chairman of NASDAQ. He was the biggest third market trader in the United States. He was on all type of committees. He was the establishments. The SEC checked him and gave him a rubber stamp of authenticity. Rubber stamp, of, rubber stamp excuse me, of authenticity. This happened year after year after year. And that's exactly what he, if you read the book or listen to my podcast, he ran into the same thing in Las Vegas. He went to the regulators. They were supposed to be, because the casinos were cheating all these people back then. He's like, hey, I found how they're cheating. And they, he learned he learned that the regulators were not out actually help, out to help the consumer. They were in the pocket of the casino. So this is not new in his life. Uh, I love this idea. He says, investing in, is kind of like the Super Bowl. And I would say life is like this. He says, if you want a good Super Bowl team, you need a good offense and a good defense. And a good defense keeps other people from taking your money. So getting rich is one skill. Staying rich is another. I started the first quantitatively based natural, or excuse me, neutral hedge fund. Can't read today. I don't know what's going on with you guys. Sorry. Uh, it's called Prince and Newport Partners, and he started it back in 1969. We only lost money in three months out of out of 230 months. Uh, Rudy Giuliani wanted my partner to give him dirt on Goldman Sachs and Michael Milken. Michael Milken's the guy that um, went to jail. 
but he's famous for creating the junk bonds and he's i don't know how but he's still like a multi-billionaire today i i, I gotta figure that out i don't know what he did after he got out of jail but he made a lot of money in junk bonds and a lot of the wall street establishment at least according to the book did not like that and so they basically took sent you know u.s attorneys and the justice department after him uh, my partner wouldn't cooperate, so Giuliani raided our office. The trial dragged on for years at a great expense. The government, the government ended up dropping prosecution for most people, most counts, but his hedge fund was ruined. Uh, then he's asked a question, and this is something that I always think that, um, you know, there's just certain things that you just no benefit to. Like if you're, if the amount of money you have is not public, meaning like, okay, like people know how have an estimate of how rich they say like Jeff Bezos is because they can see how much stock he owns because it's public and how much the stock is trading for, right? And they can extrapolate from there. Same thing with like athletes, uh, some public CEOs, like that stuff is public, but for private businesses, it's not. And and. What Ed is going to pick up here is like it's really foolish to go around like an understanding of human nature is like you have to realize that uh, like a large part of what drives a lot of people is envy and to sit there and be really rich and not and not people to like it's better if you could be really rich and people don't know it. Right. So he's asked, how rich are you? Because his fund returned almost 20% for 20 years. He went to burn Berkshire Hathaway stock at like $900 a share, something like that. It's like $300,000 today. He has all these vast investments. He's obviously really smart at turning, making money, right? But he, he's not in it for that, for that kind of attention. So he says, that is a question I don't answer. Best to stay mute. Bingo. I think he's exactly right on that. Uh, you are 84 years old. He's actually 87 today. This uh, this is a few. This video is a few years old. You are amazingly fit. This is another thing. I just I, I keep going on and on. Like I'm so glad I stumbled onto the world of Ed Thorpe because like I think I'm going to take the lessons that I learned from reading this guy's book and studying him forever. I just love the way he approaches life. I love it. He says you're 84 years old. You're amazingly fit. Do you have a secret to that? He says, I try to be aerobically fit. He runs a lot. He says, I try to do good muscular strength. I get frequent checkups at the doctor. I try to eat fairly well. And I love this system. This is very uh, similar to the system I use for myself. I weigh myself every morning and write it down. Uh, the, that automatically changes my behavior. Awareness leads to change. If my weight starts creeping up, I find myself eating less without even thinking about it. That's just a good, he has a good, simple systems for everything in life. And that's one of them. Uh, you end your book. This is a long interview. I know this is a longer, one of my longer of these uh pod like david note podcasts but um i'm almost done he says you end your book with things that anybody can grasp you were saying marry well and be surrounded by friends and family what do you have to say about that and then his answer i love this he says what really matters in life isn't how much money you make or the things you have it's who you spend your time with and who you're close to family spouse good friends and this is my favorite lesson i took from him it's, just, it's, it's like obvious, but it's, it kind of smacks you in the face, right? Life is really about spending time well. And I think that's another simple system. Like you want to have a good life, make sure take an inventory of how you're spending your time and make sure that's all time well spent. And if you have a life full of time well spent, you'll have a good life. Um, so I included a link in the show notes, but you can also get it to your podcast player. I read last week. I read a man of all markets. If you listen to founders 93, you can find out what I learned from the life of Ed Thorpe. I think it's a fantastic podcast. Uh, if you, hopefully you listen to it and if you do listen to it and like it, please share it with a friend and I'll talk to you later.